Hi folks, Jason Crane here reminding you about the 100 by 300 campaign. The idea is to get 100 members by the 300th show. Membership is easy. You can do it in one lump sum each year or month to month for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year. If you choose one of the higher levels, particularly the $500 a year or $50 a month level, you'll be mentioned on every single show. You'll be an official sponsor of the Jazz Session. The 100 by 300 campaign, visit thejazzsession.com slash join to become a member today. Once again, that's thejazzsession.com slash join. Welcome to the fourth anniversary show of the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free, streaming and downloadable at thejazzsession.com, and you can also subscribe in iTunes or via an RSS reader, and the links to do both those things are at thejazzsession.com. You know what a great way to celebrate the fourth anniversary of this show would be? It would be to become a member. Uh, as I'm recording this intro, which is about 10 days before um, the episode as you're listening to it, there are uh, just under two dozen members, and we need 100 by the 300th show so I can keep this thing going. Uh, so, so please do become a member. Uh, the thing's been going for four years now. 240-something episodes, I guess, uh, 925,000 downloads and counting as I record this, and by the time you listen to it, uh, certainly more. So that in itself is amazing, and uh, all of that I've done basically on a budget of almost zero, um, or I should say uh, an income of almost zero. Uh, it hasn't cost zero, uh, but uh, the money that's come in to do it has been almost zero. There have been some very kind people who've donated a few times, um, particularly last year, but uh, I really need some people to just become sustaining members of the show. You can do it for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year, and uh, that would be great. It would be a great way to uh, celebrate four years of the jazz session if you would become a member. I also, at the top of the show here, I want to thank some of the people who have made this show possible, uh, starting with the uh, the group and the person that I thank at the end of every show uh, and and really want to just highlight here at the top, and that's firstly the Respect Sextet, a bunch of fantastic musicians, uh, Josh Rutner, Eli Asher, James Hirschfeld, Ted Poor, Red Wieringa, and Malcolm Kirby. They uh, recorded the music that I then asked them to use as the theme music, both the beginning and ending music of this show, and uh, they were kind enough to say yes four years ago when I started the show, and I have never paid them a dime for the use of this music, which, you know, I told them when I first asked, feel free to say no, because I, I don't believe artists should work for free, uh, and all I can really give you is, is mentioning your name and website on every single show, uh, but I've never paid them a dime, because uh, I haven't really made a dime, so uh, I've, you know, only just started recently getting some memberships, and at some point I hope to share in the wealth. But uh, they've been kind enough over these four years to uh, let me use their music, and they've, of course, been on the show. If you go to the uh, thejazzsession.com and you scroll down the left-hand side, 
you'll find uh, the Respect Sextet, and you can listen to their interview. But uh, it means a lot to me that they uh, let me attach their great music to this show every single week, and uh, I really thank them for helping make the show a success. And then another person uh, who's had an enormous impact on the show, and if, uh, you know, this show is an audio show, so you would think that graphic design wouldn't play a large part in it until you remember that it really only exists online. And uh, in order to find it, you have to see its logo. And when I communicate with people, it helps that it looks professional. And uh, the person who made all of that happen, and again, someone to whom I have paid zero dollars and uh, and did it for free and continues to update things when I need them for free, uh, is Dave Vrabel, a wonderful graphic designer who designed the show's logo. Uh, all of the show's iterations of the logo and has just been incredibly helpful where that's concerned. Dave's also just a really great guy. One of the funniest people, um, his, his brother Jeff is a good friend of mine. And at when Jeff and, and my friend Leanne, who are husband and wife, when they got married, Dave delivered the, the best man speech and it was hands down the funniest best man speech. I have ever, and my guess is will ever hear. It was unbelievable. And so uh, Dave tweets at twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. And uh, I highly recommend that you follow him because he's very, very funny. But uh, thanks also to Dave um, for helping make the show the success that it is. Also, at the end of every show, you hear my two favorite people in the world, my sons, Bernie and John. They're always uh, the last voices that you hear at the end of the show. For a while, it was just Bernie before John was old enough to participate. Uh, and now it's both of them. And uh, fairly soon, I hope to get a, an updated recording uh, of them uh, for the for the end of the show. So uh, thanks to Bernie and John for adding their voices to the show, which is very cool. I'm always happy that they get to be a part of every show. And then, of course, thanks to the members, the people who have already become members of the show. And before I had a membership program, there were some people who donated also. And uh, thank you very much to them. This show does cost money to produce, cost money to host online, to do all the various uh, uh, bits of travel, to pay for the equipment and you know, keep the gear in batteries and cables and all that stuff. Um, that stuff does cost money. And uh, that has always come out of my pocket. And my pocket um, cannot really sustain it all that well anymore. So uh, the people who are financially supporting the show are really uh, literally keeping it going, which is uh, very moving to me. And I, I really thank people for their support. And I hope that you'll join them. And also, I want to be sure to thank All About Jazz and uh, Mike Ritchie. Uh, Mike Ritchie and, and John Kelman were guys that I worked with uh, in the beginning before I had any formal relationship with All About Jazz. I would transcribe the jazz session interviews and they would put those up as, as text uh, on All About Jazz. And that became a little cumbersome, actually, because I began to do interviews at a pace faster than it, it made sense to transcribe them. It, it took twice as long to transcribe as it did, uh, even though I'm a pretty fast typist, as it did to produce the shows. And that was getting a little cumbersome. And so instead, we formed this other partnership where the jazz session became, you know, the official podcast of All About Jazz and and labeled as presented by All About Jazz. And so now the jazz session is featured prominently on the All About Jazz website. And uh, that's been a real boon to the show. I know it's attracted a lot of new listeners. And that's that's fantastic. And I hope that it provides some value uh, to the All About Jazz site too. So I want to thank Mike and the folks at All About Jazz for uh, for making that happen. 
Also, I want to thank the listeners. Obviously, uh, there would be no point in doing this show if people weren't listening to it. And the fact that uh, there have been, uh, as I'm recording this, uh, 925,000 and counting downloads shows that people are listening. Uh, that's amazingly gratifying to me, given that I started doing this show with literally nothing. Uh, I had... Uh, done radio interviews, a couple hundred interviews on the radio at a jazz station in Rochester, New York, where I lived when I started the jazz session. And I had just finished doing a show, a talk show on an Air America affiliate. And that was kind of short lived. And I tried to do it online for a while. And I actually had some jazz guests. In fact, uh, David Binney, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, was one of the guests on that show. And uh, that even the archives of that show are pretty much lost. I think it's uh, it's disappeared into cyberspace. And so uh, my friend Jeff Rabel, who I just mentioned a few minutes ago, I was asking him his advice because I was doing a show that was kind of politics and jazz alternating. You know, one one week on the the original podcast it would be political talk, and the next week there'd be a jazz guest. And he said you should just pick a niche and go with it. Just figure something out and do it. And so I decided uh, with his advice just to go specifically to jazz interviews. And that proved to be obviously an amazing piece of advice um, because there weren't really a lot of other people doing that four years ago. There aren't all that many people doing it now. Um, the Checkout with Josh Jackson is another obviously stellar example. But there just aren't that many outlets for people who make this music to talk about it in a in a meaningful kind of extended conversation with no commercials or anything. I've I've been really, you know, very lucky to be able to talk to a lot of people I respect uh over these last 4 years and really all starting, you know, all starting from zero. Somehow on the third show and I have no idea how this happened, uh, how how anyone was willing to do this, but you know, on the third show John Abercrombie came on. You know, just kind of went from there and they were right in the beginning there were some some you know, big guests, people whose names were recognizable. And that was very important, obviously, because that's what you need to attract people to the show. You need some things that they've heard because they don't trust you as a host in the beginning. They have no reason to trust you. So you need some some way to build up the listenership while they learn whether or not your interviews are trustworthy. And then, you know, hopefully people will follow you even when you talk to artists they don't know or whose music, you know, they might not listen to otherwise. So all that's been great. I also want to thank uh, the amazing uh, promoters, and I'm not going to mention them all by name because uh, I will inevitably forget someone and I don't want to offend anybody. But you know who you are, uh, the people that I deal with uh, week in and week out to help get the artists on the show. All uh, Just a bunch of really professional uh, and extremely valuable people who know how to make things work when it comes to booking artists and know what the interviewer needs and make sure you get the records and that kind of thing. And then lastly, I want to thank all the guests. <laughs> there'd be there'd be no show. <laughs> no one would just dial in to listen to me, uh, despite how long I'm talking right now. No one would dial in to, to just listen to me. So, uh, you know, without the musicians, there'd be nothing. And I know for a fact that most of the people who come on this show, they have no idea who I am. They have no idea what the jazz session is. Many of them have never been on a podcast before. People inevitably ask what radio station it's on. So on and so forth. I, I get all of that. But over the years, uh, many people, many very well-known people have been very kind to come on this program. I just I couldn't be any more grateful than I am. And I just want to say, I don't know if this would be the same if I was interviewing pop stars or what. Maybe it would. But my experience in the jazz world has been that out of 240-something people I've interviewed for this show and the 
200 and something I interviewed before that. So, you know, 450 or something people that I've interviewed in the last seven or eight or nine years, there've really only been a couple negative experiences. In almost all of that time, everyone has been down to earth, extremely kind, generous with their time, uh, talkative, interested in answering questions and, and able to speak intelligently about the music. And that's pretty cool. Uh, especially when what it is that you do is ask them questions and then get out of the way so they can answer. It's It's been really a, an amazing experience. And uh, I remember uh, when I was on the radio, somebody saying to me once, you know, these people are just like anybody else. They put their pants on one leg at a time. And the, this person was kind of saying to me, you know, you don't need to be too excited about interviewing them. They're just folks. And, well, they may get dressed the same way I do, but then once they get dressed, they make some of the most amazing music ever. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's a... I don't interview them about their clothes. I interview them about the music that they make, and uh, that's not a that's not a normal thing. That's not a standard thing. It's a it's a rare and a, and a beautiful thing. So here we are on the fourth anniversary show, and uh, going back to where it all began four years ago. My guest was Grant Stewart. I don't know if he knew who I was. I can't really remember, although I knew the people that he was uh, playing with when he came to Rochester. And I asked uh, if he would help me launch this show. Could I come over to your hotel room with this really a very low-end recording setup that I had. And he was kind enough to say yes, and we did an interview. And then, you know, four years later, and it's four years to the day, that first show was February 24th, 2007, and now it's February 24th, 2011. Four years to the day, there was really no one else to have on the show but Grant um, to help celebrate. So uh, he was kind enough, again, despite his fairly ridiculous travel schedule, uh, to find some time to uh, to talk to me. And so uh, today's show is Grant Stewart. He's got a new record out um, that is on Sharp Nine Records, and uh, it's called Around the Corner. And here's one of the tracks from it, Get Happy. Thank you. 
My guest is the saxophonist Grant Stewart, uh, and it's it's really special to me to have Grant on the show because uh, four years ago, and in fact, if you're listening to this in uh, on the day that it comes out, on the 24th, it's four years to the day since I interviewed Grant in a hotel room in uh, Rochester, New York, where I used to live for episode number one of the jazz session, and uh, four years and almost a million downloads later, here we are. And Grant, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Jason. Thanks a lot for having me back on the show. So, was, uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it seems like a seems like a very long time ago. Um, uh, so you've been uh, very busy lately. Can you talk about a few of the places you've been recently? Yeah, I was just uh, let's see over New Year's Eve, over the week of New Year's Eve, I was in uh, Orvieto, Italy, at the Umbria Jazz Festival, uh, which is a great festival with uh, Harry Allen. It's a group that Harry Allen leads uh, called the Four Others. It's Harry, myself, Eric Alexander, uh, Gary Shimolian, and uh, Chuck Riggs on drums, Joel Forbes on bass, and Rosano Sportiello on piano. And so we did all uh, Harry's arrangements. It's a really, really fun group. And we were there all week. And then uh, I came back and went to uh, Punta del Este, Uruguay, which is a beautiful place. There's a really, really nice festival there, the Punta del Este uh, Jazz Festival, run by a... Uh, friend of mine, a really uh, good guy, a serious jazz lover named uh, Francisco Yobino. And uh, we did a tribute to uh, Dexter Gordon there with a uh, quartet with George Cables and uh, Louis Nash and Peter Washington. And then I just got back uh, about a week ago from the jazz cruise in the, in the Caribbean, which was a nice escape from the uh, winter weather here in the city. Yeah, it seems like uh, both Uruguay and the the jazz crews were pretty well timed. Yeah, I've dodged some <laughs> dodged some serious weather here <laughs> so far, <clears throat> but I'm going to I'm going to Fargo at the end of the uh, month. So oh well, it all comes back around. I hear yeah, I hear it's pretty cold there. So. <laughs> Talking about that, uh, the Dexter Gordon tribute. When you're uh, when you're doing something that's you know a, a named specific tribute to someone who played the same instrument that you play. How how do you approach that as a as a saxophonist? Um, I mean, I'm kind of always doing a Dexter tribute, always <laughs> doing a Sonny <laughs> Rollins tribute. I mean, there's there's so much a part of my makeup that it's kind of a living uh, tribute to a lot of those guys. I mean, Stitt and Rollins and Bird and Dexter. I mean, so when I when I I'm I'm constantly play, paying homage to them. But, uh, you know, when I do a tribute like that, the, I just play their, generally play their, their repertoire, their, uh, their originals or, or, uh, or songs that they uh, are affiliated with. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, in fact, I was just having this discussion with a couple of musician friends of mine about the idea of staking a lot of territory playing standards and how, how you carve out your own self there versus playing, you know, all original music or music that's not closely related to the kind of 50s and 60s feeling. Um, and so I'd, I'd be interested in, in your point of view as, as someone who's definitely carved out a very definite name and style and reputation, um, you know, playing kind of standard material. Uh, how, how did you make that choice and how have you found that it's impacted your career or yourself as a musician? Um... You know, they're just the songs I love. I like to play songs that I that I that I like. I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of great songs out there, 
And I mean, I use I use a song just as kind of like a springboard for my improvisation. So I need a good melody and good changes, and uh, and I work from there. And I, for me, the bottom line is that you know, there's you know, I don't play a lot of my own originals. I, once in a while, I write a tune, but I mean, I'm, it's not something that I've focused on. And there's you know, not everybody's a, a composer. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on people to you know play your own tunes, but I mean, the bottom line is that, you know, very few people are actually composers. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a rare, rare gift for somebody to be a great composer. And in the, you know, in, in, in the history of, of modern music the last hundred years, there's been a few, you know, kind of, uh, Einstein-type composers that just wrote incredible songs. <clears throat> you know, your Cole Porter's, Irving Berlin. You know, there's been there's been a few composers and just great composers, and I, I I love playing their stuff. I never get tired of it either. And there's so many so many different ways to go within the music that uh, you know. I, I, as far as how it's impacted my career, I, I don't really think about it too much. I just kind of follow, uh, you know. What, what I'm feeling, and, uh, and I, I leave the, uh, the the fate of my career in the hands of uh, fate. I'm interested in kind of what what element and forgive me if this is a stupid question but what elements are within your control when you're playing a standard how do you define okay this is who Grant Stewart is this is what I this is who I am as a musician uh, you know I try not to get into that I try not to get into thinking this is me this is my how I have to sound because I I find it uh, it can be uh can be a bit of a trap when you're constantly you end up kind of trying to imitate yourself if you think like that um you know i, I always just try to play with a good sound i'm always I, I try and think of of uh you know playing with a good sound 
playing, uh, you know, swinging and and being being creative. You know, when I play. Jazz now is, is, you know, you have to be, you know, originality is kind of put before everything else. And, uh, you know, my attitude has always been like, if you're original, it's going to come out, play well first, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I try to get a good sound and, uh, you know, try to play... Uh, interesting stuff, melodic stuff. I try to play melodically and uh, make things uh, interesting rhythmically as well. It seems like uh, one thing that you do very well is surround yourself with uh, with great people. Uh, can you talk about who's on your most recent record? Yeah, it's uh, Peter Burns staying on guitar. Peter's, Peter's amazing. He's my favorite, uh, favorite musician, one of my favorite musicians. Um, He's just an incredible accompanist. Uh, you know, there's no one, no one like him. Uh, he's one of those guys that, when he's comping behind you, you just, for some reason, play better. And uh, and as a soloist, he's 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 incredible. He's like I said, he's it's not my favorite musician, one of the top few. And uh, Peter Washington is also on the recording, and Peter's great. And I love playing with Peter. Uh, he's, he's an amazing musician as well, and uh, this time I, I got to use my my drummer of choice, which is my my brother Philip Stewart. He's in my my working band, and uh, he plays great too. I love uh, working with my brother. He's a fantastic drummer. He's a great time, and great intuition, <clears throat> very natural musician. I was talking uh, with Christine Jensen not too long ago, and we were talking about she and her sister Ingrid playing together. And I was asking her about, you know, you always hear that kind of old saw about, like, no no one harmonizes when singing like members of the same family. And I asked her whether she thought that applied, even though they weren't singing, they were playing saxophone and, and trumpet. And so I'll ask you the same question. Is there is there anything different about the way you and your brother interact um, or the way you communicate when you're playing, given that you're siblings, do you think? Um... I don't know if it's being siblings or just having played so much together. I mean, we played together a lot. We play, you know, he's on all my gigs pretty much. And when I'm, you know, when we're not working, we're playing at our apartment, you know. Uh, so we just play together a lot. We're very close. He's, he's you know, my best friend and he's, he's a 
somebody that I'm, I'm very close with as well. But I think it's just the amount of playing we've done together over the years. Is it for you in a uh, in a band that that makes it work for you? I mean, we, you've obviously you've played with a lot of amazing people over the years, and there must be some things that you look for. Maybe by now it's just people that you know you know well. Uh, but but what is it when you're putting a band together that really makes it makes it work for you? Um, what makes it work? Um, I mean, a lot of it. You can have great musicians that aren't great accompanists. You know, I mean, for me, uh, comping, the person comping behind me is is, is very important. You know? um, like I said, you can have stellar musicians that just aren't good uh, good sidemen. So it's important to have musicians that are that are good accompanists for me. Does that um, have to do with being able to kind of subsume your own ego or place in the music? Um, I, it's kind of like guys playing with you or playing against you. You know, um, I mean, you need a certain amount of resistance, but you don't want it to be overwhelming, you know, for, for, just for me personally. Um, also, you know, I mean, for me, it's important to play with people that I, that I get along with. You know, I like to have fun when I'm up there. Yeah, I like to be with guys that I, that I uh, relate to uh, personally as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's that. The the uh, some people are great solos, but not not great. Uh, you know, uh, not team players necessarily. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. Do you think that falls into that that whole issue of originality at all? That people aren't focusing anymore on. On this, or not as much on the sideman aspect of being a musician. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's some guys that, that uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes that happens if it's, if, you know, a lot of it is sometimes you be playing with someone and it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, ego stuff going on and 
he might find their their plane to be a little uh, to get them get in the way a little bit. <clears throat> Can you talk about, uh, given that this is uh, February 24th, we're remembering, uh, can you talk about some things that uh, you have coming up? Uh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, where am I going? I'm going to Fargo on, uh, I'm playing there on the 26th. Uh, if you go to my website, grantsurgeons.com, <clears throat> all the information is up there about uh, where and when. Uh, it's with the uh, Jazz Arts Big Band there in Fargo. So that should be fun. And there's also a workshop happening uh, as well. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be with a big band. Uh, I'll be featured solos with a big band. I'll also do some smaller group stuff too. So that should be uh, a lot of fun. And then uh, after that, uh, I'll be in Gainesville, uh, Florida on the 8th um, with the uh, Gainesville Friends of Jazz. Uh, concert series so that should be fun too and then after that I'm going to be in uh, like the next day I go to Italy to uh, Rome and uh, some other spots in Italy and uh, the 20th I'll be in Barcelona at the Terrassa Jazz Festival so <clears throat> fun stuff coming up yeah your uh, your travel schedule doesn't sound too bad I mean, there's the occasional, nothing against Fargo, there's the occasional cold place thrown in, but uh, it seems like you get to a lot of pretty nice places playing jazz. No, I'm, you know what, I'm really, I was just talking to somebody last night about this, but I'm so grateful you know, to be able to do what I do. And, you know, so see, you do gigs like the jazz cruise or the festivals, and you just see so many people that really love the music, and it's really, uh, I don't know, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to, uh, to do this. You've put out a lot of records over the the years, um, all I think very consistently excellent. And uh, but you put out records at a at a pretty decent pace. Is that uh, why is that? I guess a lot. Some people don't do that. Some people wait years between albums, and and you don't seem to do that. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do one a year domestically, and uh, one a year uh, for a Japanese label. 
just, I think for me, it's good to just uh, you know, document what's happened in the year. I mean, it's basically like a snapshot of of me that year. I think it's healthy to take a picture of yourself once a year. And are you one of the people who's able to listen to your own music, or do you record them, put them out, and put them away? Uh, I kind of just record them and put them away. I, uh, I, I prefer to listen. If, if I have to listen to myself, I, I prefer to listen to myself uh, live, kind of recording with my uh, my phone or something. I can't. So for some reason, when I hear myself recorded in the studio, I have the phenomenon of the uh, answering machine voice. <laughs> so I, I generally don't. Uh, I, I mean, I listen to my. I have to listen to myself a certain amounts of takes and stuff like that. But uh, I don't listen to myself too much. I also find that when I when I do listen to myself, what'll happen is uh, I'll, I'll if I hear something I don't like, it'll stick in my head, and I'll end up playing it again. <laughs> and if I hear something I do like, then I'll try to play it again. And that always ruined it. So I try not to. Uh, <laughs> I try not to listen to myself too much. I remember when I used to go to Barry Harris's class in the early '90s. I, I remember hearing him say, uh, "Never fall in love with anything you play." <laughs> it's, it's very true. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great piece of advice. Uh, going back to the uh, the four others band that you were mentioning with uh, with Harry Allen, is that is the name just a joke on the four brothers, or is the material related to that era? Uh, some of the material is related. He, he, uh, you know, Harry's a big Al Cohn, uh, Zoot Sims fan. So he's got a few Al Cohn charts in there. I think there's a couple of Zoot charts. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it, there's, there's some influence there from the, uh, the four brothers. That's also just kind of joke, uh, but play on the, on the name. Listening to that music, uh, to the Four Brothers music, always struck me. It just seemed like it must have been a ton of fun to play. There's just something about executing that music, you know, in that four-person section uh, that just always sounded to me like it would be a blast to be a part of. Is that that your experience? Yeah. I mean, especially playing with those guys, it's great. You know, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun to play, uh, to play with all those great, great players, you know, and Harry and, and Eric. I mean, it's, it, it's also... I, I think for the, the listener, it's pretty interesting because it's uh, and, and and Gary as well, uh, a baritone. But I think for the, the listener, it's interesting because we're so different stylistically. Uh, Eric, and, uh, Harry, and, and myself. You know, I find uh, sometimes when there's a three, you know, more than two tenors or even two tenors on a gig, it can kind of get a little uh, little tedious. But uh, it's very kind of structured, and uh, it's interesting. And, and, and also Gary Simoli, a baritone, is an amazing, amazing player as well. So it's, it's a fun gig. Thank you. 
Grant, are there things I uh, I haven't asked you about projects you're involved in, or uh, are things that are coming up for you that you wanted to mention? Uh, I think I pretty much mentioned the stuff I have coming up in the immediate future. Um, I'm down at Smalls uh, about once a month, uh, usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, I think the next time, actually the next time I'll be there is the uh, 27th of March. Uh, so uh, come down if you're if you're in town. And if not, you can always uh, check it out on the web at uh, smallsjazzclub.com. You can see the gigs live uh, with the webcam. Yeah, I have done that many times. It's a pretty great, uh, yeah. pretty great feature. Wherever you are in the world, you can be watching small. It's great, but you can hear everything. You have to be very careful when you're playing at smalls now. Because everything from the bandstand is broadcast. <laughs> I'm often I'm, 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 I'm talking and then I just realize it's, it's being recorded and being broadcast simultaneously. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man. That's, a, that's a whole other level to live performance. If, if you're if you're if you're uh, sitting in the front row with your mistress, be careful because there's a camera there. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much every seat in Smalls is in the front row. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, man, it was uh, four years ago, there was really nothing to recommend you coming on the show because I barely had a show. You were the first uh, the first guinea pig, and you were kind enough to do it, and uh, no one had ever heard of, of me or the show. And, and I'm very, very grateful that you helped me kick things off, and, uh, and especially grateful that four years later uh, you, you would come back on and, and do it again. So it means a lot to me, and I, uh, I thank you, Grant Stewart, for being on the show. And, uh, no, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot, and congratulations on uh, all your success. It's a great thing.
that's Grant Stewart from his album Around the Corner. My thanks to Grant for helping me celebrate the fourth anniversary show. My thanks to you. I'm Jason Crane. This is the Jazz Session presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at thejazzsession.com, and you'll also find them in iTunes, and uh, there's an RSS feed. You can use that if you'd like. So that's that. Thanks very much to the Respect Sextet, to Dave Rabel. Thanks to you for listening. And now get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.